0: All right, welcome back to Chat with the Chief podcast. I'm your host, Chief Rex Troche, here at the Sarasota Police Department. For this episode, we are joined by a special guest, Denise Schoenwald. She's a nationally licensed mental health counselor, registered nurse here in the city of Sarasota. Denise, thanks for being here. With Valentine's Day fast approaching, uh, we're hoping the podcast episode can shed light on unique challenges faced by law enforcement couples. And maybe even offer practical insights and support for navigating these obstacles while maintaining strong, resilient relationships. That's kind of like a word solid I just did, and I know there's a lot to unpack there. So let's just start off, Denise, with first off, seriously, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's an honor to be here. Thank no. you for inviting me.
0: We're excited that you're here. Um, I've seen some books, and we'll get to those here in a few minutes. I didn't know that you're such an author in the field. But let's, let's talk about your background. Tell us about your background, Denise.
1: Well, My background initially started in critical care. I was an ICU nurse for many, many years. Loved it. But as you know, with law enforcement and with nursing, it can become quite a grind Mm -hmm. with working different shifts and being on call and working nights and then transferring over to days and evenings. And so as I got a little older, I really wanted to go back and do something a little different. Yet I loved working with people and diagnosing and so forth. So mental health counseling was just a natural fit for me.
0: Well, that's, that's awesome. It's that's great that you have such a passion for it. Tell me, have you in the past worked with police couples like a husband or wives in law enforcement? And have you worked with any couples?
1: Yes. Um, occasionally, a police officer will come alone, but most likely when they come, it's couples or family. I'm also a family mediator, so I have seen some family law, law enforcement with families. Do
0: you see some type of resistance with respect to law enforcement and firefighters when it comes to mental health? I do. Okay.
1: I feel as if a lot of law enforcement feel like the the strains, the mental health challenges are part of the job, something they should be able to handle, and they have a little difficulty reaching out for help.
0: Would you agree, and and I'm speaking from my experience, that as law enforcement officers, we see an injury, maybe a broken arm or a broken leg or maybe a bloody nose, but because the injury is mental, right, because there's some challenges going on in here, we just don't take it maybe as serious would that be correct?
1: I agree. I think physically when there's something wrong we have pain or some sort of symptom and it just makes sense to go to a doctor but mentally what happens when we're not doing well is they come out in sort of habits like overeating, gambling, drinking and we don't recognize those as a a sign or a symptom that maybe mentally we're not doing as well as we had hoped.
0: And why, Why do we do that as law enforcement officers or first responders really in general? Why do we do that? Why do we go into gambling and drinking?
1: Because what happens is the nervous system gets out of balance. At all times, the body has to be in balance. Physically, when the body's not in balance, we get sick. Mentally, when the body is not in balance, and what what I mean by not in balance, it's balancing between our sympathetic nervous system, when we're busy, we're working, we're handling emails, we're driving the kids here and there, to parasympathetic when we're relaxing, when we're reading, we're going to the beach, enjoying time with friends. We're very good with sympathetic, not so good with parasympathetic. These are why hobbies are very important. And when we don't balance the body, the, the mind gets very active and the body gets stressed. And without even realizing it, we will naturally go to food, drinking, smoking, gambling, pornography these are just ways that the body is trying to find ease driven by the mind which is not always the best choice of what we're going to to feel better
0: okay and so is that why as police officers we have challenges being present because that, that that's one thing i always encourage our officers when they're on vacation or they go away or they have their weekend off is be present cuz i can tell you personally it's very hard to turn off. Your mind is constantly racing. So is that part of the parasympathetic challenge?
1: Yes, and with law enforcement, their challenges, when they're working, they're hypervigilant with sympathetic because at any time they have to be prepared to go to get the fight or flight going and, Mm -hmm. and to be prepared for something potentially dangerous. So it can be very challenging when they're on vacation to allow that parasympathetic to just relax. We tend to constantly think ahead and mm-hmm. and so forth. When the mind is very active, it's, it's just a subtle symptom that the nervous system is out of balance.
0: You're so on point. Uh, I've experienced that now for 27 years. It's just very hard to turn off. And I know uh, my brothers and sisters in law enforcement all over the world have the same challenges. So let's you talked about certain stressors relative to law enforcement officers. What are some of the stressors that you see relevant to law enforcement officers and, and why they have such a high sense of vigilance? Can we dig into that a little more?
1: When I see law enforcement, um, law enforcement, one of the two things that I look for the most is whether they have trouble with their temper, maybe at home particularly. I have to manage that a little bit on a job. Not me. <laughs> but And also drinking. Mm-hmm. Drinking a little alcohol. You know, and those of us that are licensed, we can't really go to the marijuana route or so forth. Some uh, Occasionally smoking, but usually it's drinking in temper, the temperament.
0: You know, I, I've seen that uh, over the years, and sometimes that boils over into our industry. It comes back mm-hmm. to work. Uh, one of the things that I think people, civilians or people that are not in our business or industry, whatever you want to call it, don't understand is, When someone comes into the police academy, we're taking them and we're molding them and we're creating this high sense of vigilance, Mm -hmm. right, and paranoia. Yes. Because we tell them every call for service that you go to, there is a potential of you being killed. Yes. And so, what do we do? We do we tell them to park in front of the house that they're going to to meet the party? No. Mm -hmm. We tell them to park three or four houses down, or Mm -hmm. on a street behind the house, Mm -hmm. so that they can walk up because you want to surprise the people. You don't want to see them coming. And I think that's that constant stress that they go through. And as you know, some of these calls they go to, they go to high rate of speed. They're driving very fast. They're getting there. Their their loop, their brain is going, going, going. They don't want to be ambushed, right? Mm-hmm. And then 99% of the calls, it's what? It's nothing. It's not that level, yes. right? What happens to the body during that? What chemicals are released when they're, in route to that call?
1: Well, what happens when the mind is very active? And and of course, when you're going to a call like that, you're thinking of all the possible scenarios. This could happen, that could happen. If this happens, I'm going to do that, and so forth. We don't realize how much energy that takes. It takes a lot of mental energy. And then when we get to a call, and really it's sort of a routine call, the body has released a lot of cortisol. It's releasing a lot of stress. In women, we see a lot of hair thinning because Mm -hmm. of that. And so then we get to the point where we go home and the mind is still very active. The, the mind loves to just think and fear and so forth. And if we don't practice a mental discipline, that can that can spill over into day-to-day activities, which is why a lot of people will have a panic attack in the grocery store.
0: Yeah. The, let's go to that cortisol. So that cortisol, is it's that fight or flight, mm-hmm. right? And yes. it's that cortisol dump. Mm-hmm. Yes, And what happens if we don't get rid of that cortisol? Because the next thing is, once you're clear from that call, you're going to another call. Mm-hmm. And then you have another adrenaline mm-hmm. cortisol dump. And then another call, another adrenaline cortisol dump. Mm-hmm. What happens with the body? How does it start treating cortisol after that?
1: Well, what happens is what I have seen, particularly with anxiety and a lot of cortisol excretion, is something we lose our measure as, as to knowing what is really important to excrete so much cortisol and what is not so what I see with just day-to-day people with anxiety is they're not a very good judge of when to be concerned about something and when to not so the body sort of uh, its measure sort of gets off if you Mm -hmm. will but with law enforcement you real they really have to practice parasympathetic activity even when I have a lot of tough cases in a row, I will take five minutes or so and just go and do some just deep breathing, just to recover because I'm getting ready to go into the next tough situation.
0: Do you is cortisol related to weight gain?
1: Yes. So what happens when we release a lot of cortisol is the body thinks this is go, we're going into some sort of dangerous situation. They hold on holds on to calories, and a lot of times there's a lot of weight gain from that.
0: Do you have any suggestions for law enforcement with respect to going to that call for service? And should they, you know, have a break in between? What could they do to to drop those cortisol levels?
1: Well, a lot of it is just to take some time and just mentally get into parasympathetic. I I used to be a critical care nurse, and after a really tough case or, or a really difficult procedure or maybe a code or something i would just take some time and go into the locker room and i'm talking about five minutes mm-hmm. or ten minutes i realize you can't go somewhere for an hour and a half and just sort of re- get get my center just sort of recalibrate do some breathing talk myself sort of off the ledge and, and get myself to calm down you see a lot of professional athletes that are very good at this uh, so that
0: kind of sounds like meditating,
1: <laughs> meditating. is meditating
0: a way mm-hmm. to get recentered.
1: Mm-hmm. yes It's a wonderful way. I start every morning with about 15, 20 minutes of meditating just to find my center, remind myself of what my purpose is, remind myself of how I'd like to make it through the day, Mm -hmm. being calm and balanced.
0: No, that's that's important. And I'm just starting myself, trying to get into some breathing exercises, Mm -hmm. about four minutes of breathing exercises Uh in the morning, uh, center myself, and uh, come in, work out, and try to accomplish something. Um, is, Is there a simple type of meditation you could tell us right now that would just take a few minutes that officers listening or first responders could could try not while you're driving okay no. um, but somewhere safe where you mm-hmm. can sit down is there something simple
1: one of one of the things that I do and I highly recommend in the morning so I wake up in the morning go to the bathroom I get back in bed I sit straight up and I take a few minutes just to sort of regulate my breathing because a lot of times when we get back in bed the first thing we're thinking about is our day. Mm-hmm. So I give myself some time to just sort of calm down and then I take a minute and I practice a little bit of gratitude because I think that it's important to start the day by just being grateful and then I remind myself of my I have a mantra a couple words that I say calm balance ease that's how I want to go into the day I remind myself of that I send out healing energy to people that i know that are sick and suffering because mm. so i think it's important i pray for our leaders so it's a sort of prayer meditation and then i sort of wrap up by asking for opportunity some opportunity where i can do something for the greater good as law enforcement i, I we do a lot of things for the greater good and let's remind ourselves of what why we went into the profession to begin with
0: yeah, uh, law enforcement. Speaking of greater good, I mean that's all they do.
1: twenty
0: four seven. It's not one of those jobs you can clock in and clock out. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I always say it's it's a, it's a lifestyle, but I say it's a calling. Yes. And this is what we do, and we have an amazing uh, group of officers mm-hmm. here that just give, 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 and then they forget uh, about themselves, and it's unfortunate. So that's why I'm glad we're having this chit chat right now.
1: Yes, yes, and and the give, give, give can be tough because people that we help take 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 right and that can really drain us and we need to it's important that we take time to sort of take care of ourselves so we can do even a better job of giving
0: so we're talking about valentine's day again and so i know some of the challenges for law enforcement are this we work a varied schedule we do not necessarily have off the holidays just like everyone else does and we don't celebrate them like everyone else does. And that's a fact. Um, you know, I always tell people before we hire them, uh, your holiday, your, your Christmas, your 4th of July might be two days before or two days after. You're lucky it's the day of. Mm-hmm. And I think over the course of years, we start to become numb with respect to the importance of that day. Is there a challenge for law enforcement if they have a spouse that's not law enforcement or a first responder? for me as a police officer and I understand what let's just say valentine's day means to my wife
1: yes the other thing i noticed because i was obviously in nursing for many years is it becomes one more thing that we have to do and i know all the no- i know that's not a good way of thinking about it but it's it just becomes added stress oh now i have to do something for valentine's day or now i have to go with the family and celebrate thanksgiving and we're already under a lot of stress we're, we're trying to just get through the holiday not to mention having to do something else. But it's very important because, again, this is when we connect with friends and family. So what we had to do is say, listen, I'm working Christmas Eve and Christmas. I will be available the following week if you want to celebrate with your family or if you want to. I would push it out a little bit just so I had time to recover Mm -hmm. from such a hectic holiday, particularly like the major holidays can be very hectic.
0: Yeah, because I think we see that it lessens the importance to our spouse. Mm And then maybe they feel like they're not as important.
1: Yeah, they feel like they don't matter. And that's not the message that we want to give. Although you understand both sides. You know, law enforcement, they're already exhausted. And particularly like for Christmas and New Year's and all of that. And so they don't want anything else to do or they might not want anything else to do. Yet it's really important for the partner to have that relationship and that connection.
0: Yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head with exhausted. I mean, this is a 24-7, 365 mm-hmm. job. Uh, most of us are here from 8 to 10 to 12 hours right in that wheelhouse, in that sweet spot. And then even when you're off, you're not off because we're attached to this cell phone that rings mm-hmm. throughout the night, which potentially either you're answering questions, you're trying to mitigate issues over the phone, or you have to come in and work a traffic homicide, or you have to work Mm -hmm. a homicide or a shooting. And you're 100% when you say we're just physically and mentally exhausted. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think this topic is so important. I do too. Because we need to start realizing that there are some challenges in our business and Mm -hmm. we really start make better habits than we have in the past.
1: Yes. The other thing with major holidays is it brings up a lot of dysfunctional family dynamics. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're getting together for Christmas and it's becoming heated. And so we're almost even more hypervigilant over the holidays. Even a storm can really bring out a lot of bad behavior. So I I always know after a storm, my phone's going to ring constantly because for some reason that has brought up a lot of problems. COVID was another brought up a lot of old stuff and a lot of relationship problems and so forth. So for law enforcement that have to deal with a little extra when they're already exhausted and it's a holiday, it's a lot of stress.
0: Right, and they're going to those calls for services it is
1: mm-hmm. for
0: those same issues, mm-hmm. and then they're home and they're having those same challenges yes. themselves. Yeah, law enforcement is, is a tough, tough industry.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, which is why I hope they don't go through it alone.
0: Right. So with Valentine's again around the corner, Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about we we talked about work life, some things that officers can do to reduce their stress. Let's talk about going home. How, How does this how does this run over into relationships at home? Tell us a little bit about that
1: when we were talking before about gambling and smoking and drinking, another symptom of us not being in a good place mentally and physically and spiritually is is our relationships. Relationships will be one of the first things to start suffering. I never considered myself a couples or marriage counselor, but I do a lot of it. If you Google couples counseling in Sarasota, you'll probably see my name. Biggest complaint is communication because when we're struggling we tend to not communicate or if we do communicate we do it in a way that can be a little bit aggressive and so the first thing to break down is relationships
0: yeah communication bring up a great point i remember early in my career i would come home tell my wife what's going on and then i saw that i couldn't do that anymore because now she was taking on the stress from the calls of service that i was responding to or when i was a detective in crimes against children I would share some things with her and it would just, it would not be good because she would stress over it. And so I found myself later, I really don't say much about my day because of that. So not only am I going through stress, right? But is there some type of secondary stress that we pass on to our spouses?
1: We can do that because what happens is, particularly when we have tough emotions or tough experiences, people can't help but attach to that. And while it might be great to talk to a fellow officer or a friend or something like that, it can be very helpful to talk to a therapist because we can offer tools. So it's not only telling us about what has happened, but ways that you can deal and Mm -hmm. process that that are a little healthier than just sort of telling a friend. You know, our spouses are not our therapists. And and then then we get to the point where that's how we're bonding. Mm Mm-hmm. So we're bonding over difficult times, and then it's, it's hard to sort of separate and have enjoyable times.
0: So you bring up another great point, right? So our spouse, our other half, our partner is there, and we bond, right? Mm-hmm. We have that conversation maybe at dinner, mm-hmm. and we're, we're bonding over those incidents, but not necessarily healthy because your spouse doesn't have the tools to assist, doesn't have ways to help and maybe absorbing it in a way where now it's burning in their soul yes. right now it's hurting yes. them and their their mental health mm-hmm. um why is it when i go home i can go watch tv and i sit in front of the tv and i have no idea what i'm watching mm-hmm. and i don't care mm-hmm why, what, what is going on?
1: Well, it's a wonderful way to zone out. And if you think when you had, if you had little children, if you ever want them to leave you alone for half an hour, you put them in front of the tablet or the television. Mm-hmm. You know, they release a lot of dopamine. They, they go in almost a trance right. and, and so forth. We're getting a little bit overstimulated with devices. I have a lot of couples that say, I get in my recliner, she gets in hers, and we just scroll and get on our tablets all night. Again, too much sympathetic nervous system. The mind is still very active, even though you think that you're not paying attention. The mind is absorbing whatever the content is or whatever you're looking at on Instagram. And so it's not a very healthy way of of de-stressing, even though it's easy.
0: No, it's it's very easy. And I think sometimes for me, it's a way of not making a decision Mm -hmm. as I sit in Mm -hmm. front of that TV, because as law enforcement officers you know we always say you can make 99 decisions right you make one decision wrong and you mm-hmm. fail mm-hmm. and so to come home and not even my wife will say what are you watching on tv i literally have no idea yes. what i'm watching
1: yes and what a part of that also is when we're very anxious or when we're very stressed and we're on the job and mind's going a mile a minute Eventually, with the yin and the yang, what goes up must come down. Mm-hmm. So then we struggle with procrastination. We don't want to get out of bed. We want to sit in front of the television. It's, it's sort of the counterbalance of what we've gone through during the day mentally.
0: No, you're 100% right. And I think that's a, that's a big challenge for us, especially in my generation of law enforcement was because we were told when we went home, if you had an issue, have a drink.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was encouraged.
1: Mm-hmm helps the anxiety just not the best way
0: on our uh, work issued phones we have an app called powerline and officers can go on that 24 7 reach out to Mm -hmm. someone talk to someone Uh, even if their ship's over and they want to talk to somebody on the way home they Mm -hmm. can do that so we're we are trying to find different ways to assist through technology Mm -hmm. and really through anonymity because Mm -hmm. i think in law enforcement that is always our biggest concern is Mm -hmm. wow if i tell them that i have some mental health challenges Are they going to think I'm weak Mm -hmm. and then not do this job anymore? Mm -hmm. And I think that's our biggest fear and always has been.
1: Yes. And if that's a fear, I also see clients on the weekends, evenings. I I work nationally, so I see different people in different states. I will make time for people who are in crisis.
0: So Denise, people can reach you at com, right? And is there a phone number you want to give out? 410 913
1: 8963. My phone number, that's my cell number. It's on my website. Um, you can contact me through the website. For listening to the podcast, if people would like to connect with me, I'd be happy to send them a book.
0: Oh, wow. Bonus. So. That's awesome. And you're local, right?
1: Yes, local here in Sarasota. So that's
0: another challenge that we have found in the city of Sarasota is just having those um, professionals in, in your industry uh, that do cater to law enforcement in Sarasota or our region—that's been one of the biggest challenges. So it's great to know that you're here, and I'm great that I'm grateful that we're able to get you on the show. Yes, thank you. Thank Appreciate you, uh, Denise. Thanks for coming on to talk with us on this really important topic. This career in law enforcement obviously is not a job, as I've already said. This is a calling. This is a passion for a lot of us. Again, our people give, 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 and they forget to ask when they need help as well. I hope those listening. I hope everyone has a better understanding and understand the dedication of our officers. Or if you are an officer listening, I hope you're walking away with some new tools that you're able to provide us here with the posters and the breathing activities and your books as well, and your website to include contacting you if, if you need help. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen to Chat with the chief and if you got some suggestions and some things that you want us to bring up or some questions we'd be more than happy to hear about them comment below and as always live love work play in our city because we love it just as much as you do